Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I am so excited uh, once again. Uh, we've had some powerhouses on here lately, and we've got another one today. We got R- Rochelle Buckner Easton. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Thanks for coming bright and early. I appreciate it. So of course. I'm a seven and a half months pregnant, so it's just preparing me for motherhood. So yes, we're getting you good. started. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. I'm so excited to have our listeners get to know you better, Rochelle. Um, you know, I'm going to say a few things about you. Okay. You you chime in if there's some things Perfect. I'm missing, but uh, you're currently a mental health counselor, mm-hmm. correct? You're married to uh, Rob Easton. You've been in your pregnant, seven and a half months pregnant yep. with a baby girl, correct? Baby girl, yeah. You, do you guys know a name yet? No, we're... we're... We're bouncing. It can change every week, so <laughs> we'll see. You yeah. can't get it the first time, right? That makes it too easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, again, I'm excited to have you on. Um, I know that you grew up as a competitive figure skater. Um, you have a really powerful belief system right now, I which do. was formed based on some of the struggles you went through growing up, which we'll get into as mm-hmm. well. Um, you have a bachelor's degree from the University of Utah in Family Studies and Human Development and a master's in mental health counseling. Yep. Is that correct? Did that's I say correct. that's a mouthful there? Todd. But yeah, <laughs> but I'm excited to have you on. So thanks for Thank joining you. me. Of course, um, it's I've heard to be some. Here. You know, we got some mutual friends, uh-huh. and they can't think. You know, they can't say enough good about you and how positive you are and how powerful oh, you are. Thank and, you. And I've got you good just friends. Yeah. Well, you just fit the bill of people who I want to have on here who are making a difference in this world. And uh, so yeah, this is going to be wonderful. You. Thanks, so I'm tell excited. us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, a little bit about okay. your family. and Yeah, um, so I grew up in Fruit Heights, Utah, Davis County. Um, I'm the youngest of three kids and had an amazing childhood, have the best parents, uh, super close to my family. And um, yeah, grew up a competitive figure skater. That was kind of my life growing up. And when, when, when did that start? How old were you? I was four. So I competed wow, from, yeah, it was... It was my life growing up. So. Did you have uh, other siblings that did that too, or is no? It... My um, my sister was a dancer. My brother was all into the boys' stuff, and um, I just watched TV as a little kid watching <laughs> the Olympics. And mom put me in, and I loved it. And it's kind of been my life over the last, well, since about a year ago. So really, yeah. Wow. So you so you uh, did that all through you know elementary, junior mm-hmm. high, high school, and even some college. It sounds like yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I competed up until I was about eighteen, and then just did shows, and been teaching until about last year. Oh, really? So, so yeah. you you were teaching other girls how to figure mm-hmm. skate. So you're not doing that anymore? No, nope, not anymore. Once I kind of built up my practice in therapy, I yeah turned it over to that. So. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, you've, we've talked off the air and you were mentioning some things that you had struggled with when you were a younger kid. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be important for our listeners to understand, you know, you struggle with some anxiety. For Talk sure. about that for a minute and kind of where hey. that started and when you noticed that. Yeah. Um, so as a kid, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, anxiety wasn't really something that was talked about as right. much as it is now. Um, I was... I would struggle going to school every morning. I would have stomach aches. I'd get migraines and doctors couldn't tell me what was going on. Um, and I would cry every day going to school. You look <laughs> at my pictures growing up and my seventh grade picture, I've got these bloodshot eyes from crying so hard that because <laughs> my mom made me go to school that day and she was crying on the way home. I'd be crying at school. So it was just this weird, um, just, I mean, anxiety is what it was, but I didn't have a name for it back then. Um, but I just felt weird. I felt different. I felt like, 
you know, seeing all my other friends, going to girls camp, going to EFY, all these fun things that I kept missing out on because it was too scary. <laughs> right. Right. Anything that was outside of my comfort zone or my home, I was, I would just think that's too scary. I can't do it. Did something happen, do you know, that like no, when you were younger that made you, you know, kind of scared of things? Or? Um, I think it was just kind of something that was, I don't know if it was something I was born with or just something that... You know, I don't know, but it was it was something that was very real. And it's something that I think with my clients that I get to work with now, I work with a lot of um, teens and kids with anxiety. And um, I think that that's kind of the biggest thing I see with them is I see my myself in them. And and it's just kind of good to to know, like, hey, I know how you feel. Right. I, this is very real. This isn't something it. that yeah. somebody's like, yeah, just get over it. Da, da, da. It's very real stuff. It's a very real belief system in, in yeah, people. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, that you thought you were being judged. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah. So, um, my, my friends wouldn't believe this now, but I was a ridiculously shy kid. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't shut up. So, <laughs> um, you're making up for lost time. Yeah, I know. People are like, okay, where's her off button? Like, where, But, um, because I was so anxious all the time and I would think something was wrong with me. I was very shy. I was always the the friend that um, I think people included because they wanted to be nice <laughs> to me and right. and include me because I mean I was really nice and and sweet, but I just I wasn't funny because I was afraid if I say something stupid or if I say something wrong, somebody's going to judge me, and so it was just better to be quiet and stand in the corner. Right. Um, and and that was me up until honestly, a few years ago. <laughs> wow. So, you you know, and I work with a lot of kids too mm-hmm. in that same realm and, and you get labeled as you're shy. Yeah. Right. How yeah. did that play a part too? that? Just, you know, everyone said, well, she's just shy. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's part of that belief system when you're, when somebody tells you you're something, you believe it Yeah. and then, um, you act it right. So, um, kind of like what I tell my clients a lot of times is, is what your, what your inner dialogue is, what you tell yourself, you feel and believe, and then you act. So, if I'm known as a shy girl, I'm going to act like the shy girl, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. So um, kind of being known as that and being, I mean, I just, that was my role. I was the yeah, shy girl. And what I find kind of interesting is that, you know, but being a figure skater, man, that takes a lot of courage, yeah. a lot of guts, yeah. a lot of, so how did, how did you kind of transition from you're the shy, scared mm-hmm. girl, feeling anxious, not sure and really what it was at the time, but yeah. You know, you mentioned that you're really confident on the ice. Like, yeah. how did that happen? <laughs> that, it's, I think it's because on the ice, I knew I was good. I knew that, that that was my role on the ice was I was good at something. I was unique at something. I could go out there and perform and almost kind of be myself without yeah. judgments because I felt like people would see that and be like, oh, she's good. This is something she's good at. But then you try and talk to me and it's like, oh, <laughs> she's really quiet. Yeah. Right. But you could just, I could express myself on the ice and, and feel confident. Yeah, and again, power of a belief, yeah, right? I mean, exactly. So here you are performing in front of hundreds, maybe thousands yeah. of people at a time, uh-huh. and you're totally confident. Totally confident. Everyone's looking at Loved you. Loved performing. Until, All the eyes are on you. Yeah, <laughs> until you get off and try and talk to me, and then I'm like, Where, where's the exit? <laughs> Did that um, talk about, because I know, you know, with most kids, especially junior high and high school mm-hmm. years, what else played a part? I mean, as you're going through this, were you depressed? Did you go through any of that kind of thing? You know, um, Did you feel... Yeah, kind of. So I, you know, when those, those high school years is where you start to date. Right. Um, and, and I really feel that that played a, a part in my, my dating growing up. And, um, you know, because I was just the, 
I was the really sweet people pleaser that wanted to make everybody happy and 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 uh you know so when I would date somebody they would take advantage of that or like oh I can I can go out with all these other girls and not tell Rochelle because she'll be fine with it she's too sweet and I think I really got taken for granted and taken advantage of a lot oh, of that wow. that time okay. um, whether it was with friends but you know mainly with guys I would date right and and that would also play into my confidence of oh see yeah I'm I'm shy and boring so you know they they left me for the more fun outgoing girl and and then it would just right. continue to add to my belief system of that yeah um did you mentioned uh, at times too that uh, you would sabotage certain yeah. relationships you know, kind of beating them to the punch, so uh -huh. to speak. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> and it kind of goes back to that fear again. Um, so I have two of the best, most amazing parents in the world. But when I was 18, they divorced. Um, and it kind of put this, not, not to any fault of their own, but it kind of put the stigma on marriage that it was scary. It fails. Why mm -hmm. would I want to do that? That didn't look fun. And once again, I was in my comfort zone of being single and you know, living home, not right. having to face any fears. And so, you know, when I would date somebody that was great and amazing, then, um, and it would get to that point of marriage, I would completely sabotage it. She'd be like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> really? And yeah, which now I'm really grateful for because I really did marry the world's best person ever. Sure, sure. But at the time I just kept wondering what is wrong with me? Like there's something wrong with me. Like this is what I want. I want to get married. I want to have a family, but there's something in my head that's stopping me from doing this, yeah. you know, stopping me from progressing in life. Do you re go back to, you know, when you, when you first heard that your parents were getting a mm -hmm. divorce, how did, how did you handle that? And do you remember the yeah, feeling that you had? Um, so it was kind of a, well, growing up with, in a household that I was the youngest. So both of my, um, siblings had been married at the point that they told okay. us. Um, I remember being really surprised because I, that's all I knew. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see a marriage where there was a lot of, like I said, they're two amazing, amazing people, but, um, I didn't see a lot of like affection or anything, but I just thought that's what marriage was. Right. So, um, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was, I wasn't, I wasn't, sh I mean, I was shocked, but right. I was just kind of like, oh, okay, well maybe that's not what marriage is supposed to be like. So it kind of just messed with me a little bit. Um, and then my dad got remarried shortly after and, and he's happily married and, and me and my mom, we are extremely close um, because it was just the two of us, me and her. Kind yeah, because your other two siblings were married and yeah. off, so it's just you two. Mm -hmm. okay. So for about 15 years, it was just me and my mom, and we would travel the world together and have Christmases together. Right. But um, yeah, so it, I mean, there was definitely pros and cons to it. But and that was the other thing is I was like, well, kind of, why do I want to move on and get married? Like, I'm traveling the world. I'm <laughs> having fun Life's with my good. mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah did you ha have any long relationships or did you oh yeah i would <laughs> <laughs> i was i was the non-committal long-lasting yeah um but i would stay in these long relationships because they were comfortable right yeah. knew i wouldn't marry these people but it was kind of like okay well i don't want to move forward because that's scary right. but i also don't want to be without them because that's scary so we're just gonna be stuck here we're just gonna stay here <laughs> because it's comfortable <laughs> right right yeah so as wow. soon as we'd get to that marriage, be like, yeah, no. But if it was breaking, I was like, yeah, no, no, let's just stay. This is comfortable and kind of, ugh. <laughs> Did you, you know, you, you said, you know, you noticed that you were, I mean, you didn't know what it was at the time, mm -hmm. anxious. Mm -hmm. Did that continue even up into your college years? Oh, Did yeah. you still feel really anxious yeah. about things? Um, so I would, I would say that 
anxiety played a big role until probably about three years ago. Um, but I didn't really realize what it was, which is funny because I was going to grad school, learning all about anxiety and all these things. Yeah. And I could look at somebody else and diagnose them, but I can't look into myself and be like, oh, that's what this is. But it was kind of during that time near the end of it. And once I started practicing um, with clients that I realized, okay, this is making a lot of sense. This is right. what I've been dealing with for years. For and, years yeah. and then I could start to at least kind of see the similarities and well, I got to practice what I preach now <laughs> to all right. these people because it's easy right. to tell somebody else, but you know, not ourselves. <laughs> That's a lot harder. Yeah. So you, uh, you know, you mentioned to me that, uh, you know, you had struggled with this for mm -hmm. quite some time and then you get a phone call from, from an uncle. Yeah. Talk so about that. This was something that was, I think we all kind of have crossroads in our lives and this was my crossroad. Um, I, once again, like I, I, anything scary, I wouldn't do, I would avoid. Um, and I was kind of in this, in this place in my life where, um, I was really stuck and a lot of scary things were happening in my life. And, um, I was kind of drowning. It felt like I was drowning. Um, and out of nowhere, well, actually I woke up from a dream night one night. This is maybe a little too much, but no, it's I woke up from a dream one night and it had a, um, I had this feeling of like what my life would be like if I were to stay in in a situation that I was in and um I kind of woke up in this panic and then so I called my cousin and was like hey do you have my uncle Dave's number he lives in Manhattan that's I didn't even have his number like it was the right. most random weird thing and then so I got his number and then I'm like okay like he's so busy blah blah, blah so I'm not gonna call him right um <laughs> and then the next morning out of nowhere my phone rings and it says uncle Dave on it. And I only knew that because I had just put his number in my phone. Um, really? and I answer the phone and I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and he just says, Hey, you need to get to New York. Don't you? And I was like, huh? Uh, yeah, but what, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. I'm just sitting here and I'm just thinking, and something's telling me that you need to get out of there. I was like, yeah, I just, this is so weird. And <laughs> and whether you call it divine intervention or whatever it was, like that was something for me that was like, okay, here's a chance I have to either stay where I'm at and be comfortable or jump ship and try something different. Right. So um, he's like, you know, pack up your bags, get out here now. So I packed up my bags and spent the next six months in New York City, which for everybody else would be like, oh, that's awesome. That's so fun. But that was terrifying for me. Yeah. Like something that. So were you still even... in college at this time? No, I I graduated. I'd had my practice going. I was still coaching on the side. Um, so you're kind of just living your life and then this random yeah. call. Yeah. Just and complete. so, yeah, people think, oh, you went to New York. How wonderful. Yeah. But, but for you, you're thinking, <laughs> what am I doing? Terrifying. Yeah. But you knew something because you I obviously need... did it. Yeah. Because it was, it was either. And it was something that I, I, I kind of felt this inner courage that I'd never had before that was like, all right, I'm, I'm tired of being stuck. Something's got to change. Well, what was the struggle though? Like you say you're stuck. Like, what mm -hmm. does that mean? What do you Just, mean by that? It's, it, whether it's relationships or um, stuff that was going on at, in, at work, I just felt um, like this was going to be my life. Um, okay. And, you know, maybe to get a little more personally, there was, there was some... Um, kind of sexual assault stuff that was happening at my other job. And so okay. I was kind of stuck in that stuff. And, um, and also just kind of in a relationship at the time that I wasn't 
I, I felt stuck in it. Okay, so you were a you were a victim of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So this yeah. is all going on during that time okay. when this call came in. <laughs> okay, and that just makes a little more sense. Like yeah. what I mean, because obviously you were dealing with something pretty yes. heavy. Yeah. Obviously, that's a big uh-huh. deal. So yeah. it was a good opportunity for like, I'm getting away from all I got to get away from all of this. Yeah. Okay. And the stuck feeling was, this is going to be my life. I'm stuck in this kind of power thing at work that is scary and terrifying and I couldn't get out of it. And also just, I just felt stuck in general yeah. with my life. Like this is, is this my life? Is this what I'm doing? <laughs> I don't like, this doesn't sound fun. If this is it, like, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I was 32 at the time and okay. not married, not, and I'm, you know, everybody's like, Oh, your eggs are dying. Like all this kind of stuff. Right. So the pressure <laughs> was coming on and I was just like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do with my life. So when this call came in, it was like, I can either stay in this situation or I can try something different. Okay. So you, you go to New York, mm-hmm. describe what you started to do in New York and what your kind of maybe your goal was while yeah. you were there. So my aunt and uncle that live back there, they are the most inspiring people I've ever met in my life. They are the epitome of service, everything. And they basically just said, hey, come back here. Let's let's figure life out. Let's get your head above water. They didn't know what was going on. They knew nothing. They just felt we need to get her out and have her come here. So um, so they had no idea, they had no idea what was going until on I got there. and all that. Okay. And then I told them and then they're like, <laughs> okay, so you're not going back. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they made room for me. They took me in as a family. I mean, it was just the most healthy environment, but it was it was still scary for me because I was, sure. you know, during the days they have their own lives. And so I would just go and wander the streets of New York, which I'm obsessed with New York. Anybody that knows me knows I'm obsessed with New York. <laughs> but, um, and I would just ponder and think, what do I want with my life? I would take notes and just think- really? Yeah, and, and because I was one that never approached fears, I would approach fears. So I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to go eat at a restaurant by myself today, <laughs> which normally would be really scary. And then I would do it and be like, oh, that was great. Yeah. So what, what made you do that? Did you decide, you know, when you heading to New York that I'm going to start facing my fears? No, or? but it was like, because so it was, um, once I got on that plane, got there, I was like, okay, well, I already made this big jump. That okay. was scary, right. but I did it. <laughs> yeah. And it actually is that was, that was good. That was not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Now what? And then right. I'd try something different. Okay, now that wasn't as bad as it is. So <laughs> now what can I do? Yeah. You know, and then it just started to change that belief system in me that scary things, uncomfortable things are not always bad. Yeah. They can be really fun. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like as simple as eating at a restaurant oh, by yourself. Yeah. I eat yeah. by myself all the time now. It's my therapy. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, okay, go to Chili's, put in my earphones, give me my chicken fajitas and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like that's awesome one person yep just one yeah. it's great so you start doing this every day while mm-hmm. you're there just you know kind of right it's almost like you were as you're wandering the streets as you would say mm-hmm. kind of meditating yep kind of listening to you know you know we you can call it the spirit or the universe whatever yeah. you want to call it but you're listening to this and you're taking down notes mm-hmm. and then you're starting to face some of these fears yeah is there other fears there that you were facing that being you can, alone just being alone being alone really? yeah not being in a relationship um, there was something I would always be one that would jump from relationship, relationship to uh, relationship to relationship where now in hindsight, I could see I was a co- totally codependent person. Okay. My self-esteem was based on if, if a boy liked me or yeah. if I had a relationship. Okay. Um, and so the fact that I was alone, alone was probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Cause I realized I can be alone. Wow. I'm comfortable with myself. I don't need somebody to be there and validate me and tell me that I'm happy or I'm good or I'm beautiful or this. 
Like I can, I don't need that anymore. So wow. being alone was a big one. Being away from my family was huge. I'd never. Because <clears throat> that was like a security blanket. Yeah, a little no, bit, exactly. Right? <laughs> um, because me and my mom were so close. That was one thing where I was like, hey, we'll stay in my apartment. Like, we'll see you when I see you. I had a one-way ticket. I had no idea when I was coming back. Um, but, you know, being away from my family, even though I had my aunt and uncle and their, their family, which was my family back there, um, just having my support system. Right. Not there except for them was scary but um oh and elevators i'm terrified of elevators <laughs> really okay <laughs> terrified like yeah and my aunt and uncle lived on the 29th floor so i had to i had to face that fear and when i go into the lobby and i'm like yeah. hey i need to go see dave and jen buckner they're like um they live on the 29th floor i'm like yeah where's the stairs they're like no they live on the 29th floor i'm like i know <laughs> where are like, the stairs i'll take the stairs i'll take the stairs <laughs> and i call my uncle I'm like i can't do it he's like oh yeah you got that elevator thing i'll be right down <laughs> so i had to learn to conquer right. the phobias that i had too yeah whether it was planes or yeah i terrified i would avoid anything enclosed i know that sounds kind of in weird as a therapist to say but i had a severe claustrophobia problem that i had to face when i was in new okay. york too so did you end, were you doing the stairs at first? Or? Oh, no. I finally okay. looked up and was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's a long I'm going to have buns of steel by the end of this <laughs> thing. But right. yeah, so no, I had to, I had to face it. I had to face the fear. Wow. So you did this. So you started doing this. You were there for how long? About six months. Six months. Yeah. So how did you know you were like ready? Okay, I'm ready to go back to Utah you know and what? go it back was, to my practice. And, yeah, it was kind of weird because I, um... I would, I mean, this, it was an amazing experience, but to say it was easy would be a lie. Um, I came home to, to visit for a little bit in October. I went in May and, and, and in October I came home for a little bit and, um, had my ticket to go back and, um, my dad and, and my stepmom were going to come back with me. And, and there was something that was just like, something doesn't feel right now. I think I kind of served, it served its purpose. And it's almost like the Lord telling me now, I've got stuff I need you to do here. Um, and so I had all my stuff still back there and I, I called my amazing aunt Jen and just said, Hey, I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to stay and, and start working and, and figure out life there. You know, I, I, my biggest goal in life was to get married and have a, be a mom. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if I'm going to find that there, but I do know that I needed to have this experience to become the person that was ready to do this kind of stuff. Right. Um, and so I went back a few months later, grabbed my stuff and <laughs> visited again and then started life here. Did you feel like, you know, you, the belief around all of the things you had struggled with, you kind of had conquered that? Yeah. You know, by the time you were I mean, ready? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always, I think it's a work in progress sure. throughout our life for sure. Yeah. But um, the person I was in May 2015 versus the person I am now, 100% 180. Right. 180. Yeah. It all started with just starting to face a fear. Yeah. And my, my aunt actually told me um, this, you know, when I first got out there, she gave me this analogy of, of these two cliffs that, that I've been able to use with a lot of clients and a lot of friends that completely changed my perspective of, of scary things. And um, she told me, you know, we've, we've got these two cliffs and we're, we're standing on a cliff and we, we see the other cliff. We don't know what it is. We know there's something over there. We have no idea what it is, but because we don't know what it is, we stay on this other cliff because it's comfortable. Yeah. Because we know what it's like. We know even if it's not happy, even if it's not, you know, fulfilling, it's comfortable. So we stay there. Plus, we also know that the only way to get over to the other cliff is to free fall and hit the trampoline and bounce back up. 
right? right? But because that free fall was such a scary thought, yeah. um, we stay on the cliff. So she's like, you know, you can either stay there or you can jump off and see what's over on the other side. Right. And so that's something that I kept in my mind uh-huh. and continue to keep on my mind anytime that there's something that's scary or uncomfortable is I want to see now what's over on that other yeah. cliff because it can be so much better yeah. than being stuck here. Yeah, so that's that's kind of what you did in New York. Yeah, you just, that was you my jumped free off fall. The cliff. You free, <laughs> boom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so glad I did because this other side of the cliff, so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so much better. Like, man, I wish I could just tell myself back then, just like, chill, just do it. But yeah. when you have fear in you, it stops you, paralyzes right. you. Oh, wow. That's, I love that. It's great advice for all of us and yeah. for anyone listening about face the fear. Uh-huh. And I think what we, what you generally realize is it really wasn't that scary. No, it's never as bad as we think it is. Yeah. We just yeah. make it up in our head that oh, it's scary, right? Yeah. Like anxiety <laughs> is what if, I always tell, it's what yeah. if thinking. It's what if this happens? What if that happens? And Sometimes it's like, well, what if it does happen? It's not nearly as bad or it's, well, that's not going to happen. So <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Great philosophy. So you get back here to Utah. You get your practice going again. Mm-hmm. Did you go back to the same practice? Same or practice. Did you do? Yeah. Okay. I had obviously amazing clients that were very patient with me. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's yeah. amazing. So got back to work. And um, one thing that I'd, I had mentioned to you earlier is... I made it a goal. In fact, on my 33rd birthday, I was still in in New York and I took a picture of me in Times Square um, and I had made a decision at that point. This is going to be the next, the best year of my life. 33 is going to be my year. And it was a very conscious decision. And and part of that was like, okay, well, how am I going to make it the best year of my life? And the one goal I made was I am going to try anything that's uncomfortable and I'm not going to say no to any opportunity given to me. Whether it's really? we have to go to a party, we have to go meet these people, whatever it was, I had to say yes, <laughs> which was I love that. Oh, because I'd spent so many years of my life being like, no, I can't, yeah. it's scary, I want to stay home. Um, so that was my goal for the year was any opportunity, take it. And so there we go. <laughs> so, so describe some of those things you said yes to that were okay. that you're like, man, I'm so um, glad that I did that. Yeah, it would be going to these ridiculously awkward single parties <laughs> um <laughs> just going and once again and i would start to feel that like shy girl come back okay. when i would go to these parties and then being like no 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 no, that's not me anymore like i'd made that conscious decision wow. i'm gonna do this i'm gonna be like i really thought i was this really fun girl but when i'm in the situations i would just hold back yeah, and so back, yeah. i was like i have nothing to lose i'm gonna go into these parties i'm gonna go into these situations and just not care. Right. <laughs> right. And so I, I was a, it was a change of my perspective of things and my, my thought process. That's like, what, what do I have to lose to just be 100% Rochelle? Right. And, and that was whether it was hyper out of control, like turn off the button cause she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would just go into these, these parties confident. I felt, and that's where I kind of learned like confidence is a choice. Yeah. It's not a, it's not something that, like, some people have or some yeah, people don't. Yeah. It is a it is a conscious choice of I can either be insecure and doubt myself or I can just be like, you know, I have all these attributes about myself that are fun and can help people. I'm going to show it off. Yeah. And so I met, that's how I met our mutual friend Lindy through it, who uh-huh. was one of my very best friends. Um, but I just, I met so many friends 
yeah. and became more confident because they liked me for me. They yeah. didn't like me because I was the shy, nice girl. They liked me because I was me. Yeah. And that built more confidence and I met more people and eventually met Rob, my husband. Right. Because okay. of it. So. Yeah. So that was the year that you met him. Yeah. Okay. My 33rd year I met Rob. <laughs> wow. So. So describe that. Give us a little background yeah, on that. Yeah. So it's it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of a interesting situation because um, I went from that that girl that had to be in a relationship all the time to, man, like guys are liking me now. I'm fun. I can date lots of people. So I spent that <laughs> yeah. whole summer just playing and like was in no, <laughs> no mode to settle down now. Cause I right. think I was making up for my lost time. Yeah. So I was just <laughs> dating a bunch and having fun and, and in the LDS single scene here in Salt Lake, everybody knows everybody, which makes things a little more complicated. Yeah, right. But, um, <laughs> and then finally I, I just kind of met Rob through these mutual friends and, um, and, as we started dating, he kind of knew I was in play mode a little bit. And he finally sat me down and was like, all right, so um, I'm not playing anymore. So if you want to uh, move forward, let me know. Otherwise, I'm out. And I was like, huh, OK. It took me about 10 minutes to decide, OK, let's move forward. <laughs> but it was that Did conscious. That, you know, that old thought of that you used to have, mm -hmm. like, you know, when people would say, hey, I'm ready to move a little yeah. further. You're like, I'm done. Oh, yeah. This Versus was the this first time, time, you're like, nope, I'm yeah. moving forward. Because I had now faced fears and realized that they were not nearly as scary as I thought they were. <laughs> wow. So that was the first time I'd ever dated somebody that marriage was brought up that I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. So. Well, and what I love about what you're saying is that, you know, had you not been doing that, you would have missed out on an opportunity with Rob, mm -hmm. who you say is the greatest guy oh, yeah. ever. He's awesome. Which, which I believe you. <laughs> I don't even know him, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'd be sure, a little biased, I'm but, sure he is. Yeah. Um, but uh, how, you would have missed out on that. Absolutely. Had you have gone, you know what, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. This is too much yep. or what have you. Yeah. And, you know, I heard once, and I think you may have heard this too, I think, you know, the level of uh, vulnerability we're willing to express mm -hmm. and, and put out there is the level of happiness we'll experience in our oh, life. Oh, 100%. And so here you are, you make a conscious decision. This year I'm going to, Say yes to everything. That's yeah. being vulnerable. You're like, I'm going to just put myself mm -hmm. out there, period. Yeah. But look at the happiness that came from yeah. that. And it, it kind of equaled mm -hmm. what the vulnerability was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just you you have to be vulnerable to take chances. Yeah. You have to. Otherwise, you're stuck. You're in that same situation that yeah. you're... It's and, and that feeling of being stuck is very anxiety provoking. For sure. I felt very anxious yeah. of... I have no control over my life because anxiety I feel is a lack of control. Like we, we get scared over those things we can't control. Yep. And when you're not vulnerable and when you're stuck, you are anxious. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And I, anxiety, I'm sure there's situations, but I don't even feel like it's a part of me anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, one of the things we I talk about too is, you know, anxiety is just a misuse of our imagination. Oh, yeah. That's all it is. Absolutely. It's nothing, it's not some chemical mm -mm. imbalance or something we're broken and, you know, you've got it and I don't. Yeah. You know, we yeah. all kind of go through it from time to time. But I love how you just said, you know, I started facing my fears. I just said, no, this is going to be my year. It's mm -hmm. going to be the greatest year ever. Yep. It's like that conscious decision changed your world. Obviously, it started with, your uncle calling you, yeah. which was amazing, by Such the way. Such an amazing thing. I mean, that is yeah. just blows my mind. Yeah. And then I love New York too, and mm -hmm. I've been there a few times, but I can't imagine being there alone for six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd be 
amazed at like how how much there is to do there. It's like, oh well, yeah. I would pick some part of the map and be like, I haven't been there yet, so let's go explore that part. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I want to jump, you know, shift gears just a little okay. bit, and then we'll get back to a few other things. But I want to, if you're okay with. You mentioned that uh, your mom is struggling now with yes. some things. Let's talk yeah. about that for a minute and kind of how you're handling that. And yeah, for sure. If you don't mind sharing that. Oh, of course not. So um, as I mentioned before, me and my mom are extremely close. We were each other's family for 15 something years and and still. And um, about a year and a half ago, she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. Um, and it's it has been heartbreaking to watch right. her go through this. Um and at first it was, you know, obviously you go through the shock of, oh, this is so unfair. And, and the bitterness starts to come in like, she's 64. This is way too early for right. anybody to have to deal with this kind of stuff. And I had lost my grandma to Alzheimer's um, on okay. my dad's side. So I think I'm in trouble. I've got it now on both sides of the family. Sorry, Rob. But, um, <laughs> you know, just, just thinking about the process that she's going to have to go through. It just broke my heart. Yeah. And... Um, and any time that I would start to feel myself getting bitter or like, you know, thinking this is this is a this is a this is going to impact all of us because my parents are divorced and she lives by herself, so we're yeah. we're her caretakers, right? Um, and you know, and it, whether it's helping her get dressed in the morning, helping her eat, that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, it's very hard, but. I also, it's, it's just that change of perspective again, where it's like, you know, I can be mad. I can be bitter about this stuff, but what's that going to do for me? Right. Is that going to change the situation? Not at all. And so it's been this change of perspective of look at this opportunity I have to serve my mom, to give back to the years and years and years of service that she gave right. to us yeah, as a, as a sure. mom. And, and she calls me all the time. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm such a burden. I need, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. Like this is our opportunity to serve you. Like this is this is a gift for us, even though we would not choose this, Right. but let's change our perspective. We can be mad or we can be bitter or, you know, she comes outside and her pants are on backwards. We just laugh. Cause it's like, <laughs> you know what? You can be mad about it or we could laugh uh, about it, but yeah. <laughs> why I'm not going to let this beat us. I'm not going to let it win. Let's, let's take this with stride and let's serve each other and help you. And, and it's amazing how just a change of perspective can change your attitude about stuff for sure yeah and what's interesting what you're saying here uh rochelle is that imagine if this had happened five years ago mm -hmm. when you were still kind of in oh, yeah. that mindset and belief system mm -hmm. that was holding you back yeah how much different you would be dealing oh, with it Don't i would think? still be living there i would still not be dating i would put everything on the back burner just be like okay well this is well, you, yeah, and you may not, scary. yeah, and you may not handle it in a positive way. Oh, yeah. You might be like, this isn't fair. What's going yep. on? This is too hard. Oh, absolutely. Whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of what I'm seeing mm -hmm. as you're saying this. I'm going, wow. If you look at all of that, it was almost like preparing yourself. I can do hard things, yeah, man. Exactly. And I'll do it with a smile and yep. I'll do it with positive attitude. Exactly. And, and sometimes it takes those hard experiences to learn that, <laughs> which I wish yeah. we could learn without those hard experiences, but they're essential. You yeah. have to, you have to go through them to learn. Yep. So. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome that you handle it that way. And your mom's very lucky to have you and uh, the kids well, and everyone we, pitching in. And we feel we're the lucky ones to yeah. have her. Well, if you, you know, if you could give some, you know, advice to someone who's listening, who might mm -hmm. be struggling with anxiety or they know they have a kid or a cousin or a, a niece or a nephew who's mm -hmm. struggling with anxiety, mm -hmm. what advice could you give them? you know, where they feel stuck, yeah. you know, what, what's some advice that you might be able to share with them today? For sure. 
Um, so one thing with, with kids, and I wish that I had known this as a kid, is there are so many tools out there mm-hmm. that we can learn from a young age that can change that belief system of the world's scary, everything's bad. If I try something uncomfortable, bad things are going to happen. Um, there's so many tools out there. Find somebody for your child to talk to. Find somebody to get these belief systems changed in your child so that they can go throughout their life with that confidence. As for adults, 100% face a fear. If you have a fear, you go out and you face it. You try it, you realize it's not nearly as scary, and then you're going to realize how much strength you have versus what your anxious brain is telling you. Your anxious brain is telling you you can't do stuff. Right. (laughs) So if you kind of kick that in the butt and say like, yeah, watch me, you will progress in life and just be happy. So try, if it is uncomfortable, try it, do it. Right. And you'll get so much more strength and confidence in yourself to do it. Yeah. So face those things and just face go them. for it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. It's great advice for all of us. Yeah. For sure. Um, you know, if people wanted to maybe kind of reach out to you mm-hmm. actually, and you know, maybe get more information or learn more about what you do or yeah. how you do it, how would they do that? So we have, so I work at a, we have a private practice, a bunch of us, um, at a place called Resilient Solutions in Bountiful, Utah. Um, if you go to resilientsolutionsinc.com, we have a list of all of our therapists um, with all of our bios on it. Okay. It's got our phone numbers and our um, emails. And feel free to reach out even if you guys have questions or anything or some advice. Um, be more than happy to help you out. Um, but there's there's resources out there. Right. And that's, that's I think, something super important. You're not weird. You're not. There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, this is a very common thing for people. Yep. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And, you know, I also asked you if you'd, you'd give our challenge, our listeners a challenge. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, what challenge would you give us? So I actually have two. Okay, great. <laughs> Sorry, great. we're going we're gonna to overachieve here for a yes, sec. Yes, I love it. Um, one would be to do, to pick something, one uncomfortable thing a day. Um, so if it is talking, you know, if, if there's a high school listener out here, you pick one person in school that doesn't look like they have a lot of friends, um, you go and you talk to them. That's uncomfortable, especially right. if you have any sort of social anxiety. You go and talk to them. You not only serving, you're not only serving them and helping them, but you're also conquering some fears of some social anxiety stuff. So everybody pick one uncomfortable thing a day to do. And the second thing, which um, Todd, we were talking about earlier, is any trial you have, look at it as what did I learn from this? I feel yeah. like every trial that we go through or every hard hard anything that we we experience in our lives there's a reason for it um and it's not just to you know beat us down to the curb or anything like that and and i think that's where a lot of bitterness comes in is well why did this happen but there's a reason for everything um the reason i haven't had anxiety i needed to i feel like that was like me getting molded to help other people in my career if i didn't understand anxiety i don't think i'd be able to connect to my clients right? right or um, you know, children of divorce, I wouldn't have been able to help them and empathize with them and be like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. This sucks. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about how bad it yeah. sucks and then let's move on and figure out how to go from it. So, yeah. um, the other challenge would just be to look through your life, pick out a challenge and think, what did I learn from it and how can I move forward with it? How can I yeah. get back because of it? Yeah, I love that. Very cool. Thank you. Those are great. <laughs> those are great challenges. And, uh, I think that's good for all of us. And, uh, um, you know, I think one of the things that really stood out to me is, you know, you mentioned 
that no trial goes mm-hmm. goes in vain. Yeah. Based on what you just said there. Yeah. It's all for us. It all, all for us. It's all for our benefit. If we let it. If we let it. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. You know, um, one of the things I teach my clients too is we're on the same page, which I love. Uh, life happens for us. Yep. And, um, you know, when we understand that, we can't play victim to the past. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That which, gets you stuck. That's, yeah, <laughs> what you said. You were stuck. Yeah, uh-huh. And I just, I don't know, what a fascinating story you have. And, Thank you. Um, I, I, want, I want you to know how much I appreciate your willingness Thanks. to come share. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. My, my, I shouldn't just keep it with me. So yeah. <laughs> if, if it'll help somebody else, Absolutely. might as well. Absolutely. So you uh, have a little girl coming in a, I do. shortly. I do. So excited. Yeah, and you're happily married yeah. and just doing great things. None of it would have happened if I had just stayed comfortable, though. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I keep going back in my head, just that new, you know, your uncle calling you. What, it's amazing. What an amazing it thing. It is amazing. And how that just shifted everything yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. But once again, it was a choice. I could have stayed or I could have gone. Could have, yeah. So it's... But I also want to give props to your uncle. Oh, um, yeah. Because so how many times have we felt like, I should I should reach out to this person? Yeah. Whether it's a family or a uh-huh. friend. But then we're like, ah, they won't. They oh, don't need yeah. that. And they I, won't. Yeah. And I tell you know them, I mean? yeah, I'm like, thank you so much for being so in tune yeah. and following through. And so yeah. that's, I mean, okay, fine. We're going to add a third challenge. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Why not? If you feel something, do it. You know, if, yeah. if you see somebody in the halls at school or somebody at work that's struggling and it's like, oh, I should probably just go say hi to them. <laughs> no, I don't want to bother. Go do it. Yeah. Go do it. There's, I don't think, I don't think coincidences happen. Right. I feel like there's reasons we do things. So yeah. follow through with it. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Wow. Well, what an amazing story. Thank You're an you. amazing person. Thank you. I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to have you on this podcast. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Yeah. An honor. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, listeners, uh, thank you for listening once again. Um, I keep bringing these amazing guests. I'm, <laughs> I just, I'm blown away. Like I get to talk to and in, interview some amazing people. Um, please listen to this. Please share it to anyone you know that might be struggling with anxiety or anything where they're stuck in life. This is this is some great advice, and this will help them get them unstuck. Um, please uh, follow us on iTunes, and you know, please write a review. The more reviews we get, the more listeners we get. Todd's awesome. And, oh, Just so you. you guys know, do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Rochelle. My pleasure. Okay, thank you everyone, and uh, till next time. Till next time. Okay, thank you thank so much. You.